Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Runners podcast. This is the first podcast episode we've had since the Dungeon Runners and Dragons, where uh, we got to play Dungeons and Dragons, which I believe is the first time we actually gave any amount of validity to the Dungeon Runners name. Look, we never said we were going to be a Dungeons and Runner podcast. Anybody who doesn't know, the Dungeon Runners is actually a name that we have since we used to play a very popular uh, game known as The Secret World. We've been called the Dungeon Runners. Oh, man. Since. You guys want to talk about The no, Secret World again? And the... Uh, <laughs> oh. And uh, ever since then, we, we'd been known as the, the Dungeon Runners. That's our own little personal fun name that we had been using. And then uh, it eventually evolved into this. So now you all are in on the, the inside joke and know exactly why we call ourselves uh, the Dungeon Runners. Even though it's not really the... I don't... I'm not too sure what we... <laughs> this is a, appropriately... Yes. It was a Skype chat because we were a set of group of people that were actually running the dungeons rather than just hanging out in the open world. Yeah. yeah. Were we running? Yeah, we were running dungeons. Yes. Yeah. That was... We were running the Nightmare Dungeons in uh, the Secret World. We ran hell so many times. Yeah. I never played. I never... I was never around for that game, so... I was, what? I thought you played along with us, didn't you? I have never played the Secret World. No, he played... He joined us afterwards. I joined really? you guys for D&D. I that was he, the first oh, you did join us for D&D. That's right. So it all it ties was to creeps D&D. that joined us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I could have, I almost could have sworn that you were around for the, uh, for the Dungeon Runners podcast too. But like, I, I Dungeon Runners podcast, the Dungeon Runners. Uh, yeah, I could have sworn you were around for the Dungeon Runners podcast. It's almost like you were here every goddamn week. No, I, I could have almost sworn that you were around for the actual uh, Secret World when we were playing that one. But I guess, I guess, yeah, it was, it was Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, dun- it all comes back to Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons is a very important part of our lives. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeon and Drungan. I, I have to say that Dungeons and Dragons is a relatively important part of our lives. It ha- or has yeah, become. I mean, we've, we've came pretty close together because of this Dungeons and Dragons game. I mean, 100%. We wouldn't have known Matt if we didn't play Dungeons and Dragons. I, pro- yeah. I, I probably would have met Matt at one point or another. Yeah, I think. No, you wouldn't have. Were we friends before? No. Did Dungeons and Dragons? Or was no. that literally our first? Yeah. That was the first time I ever I ever talked to you. That was also the thing, like like we had like no communication and yet we were hanging out when you came to America before. It was like, yeah, cool. I've had all of like about six interactions with you till that point. <laughs> but we were like, yeah. yeah, let's hang out. And then like yeah, relatively close, the I guess. People I was hanging out with, they were like, Okay, cool, you can hang out with, with Spike. I was like, okay, cool. I'll spend the day with him. And like, I think we just got on so well that day that we just kind of keep kept in touch. We've just been yeah, friends. Yeah. <laughs> in reality, Matt has a horrible secret over Spike, and Spike's been blinking at us repeatedly, Morse code for help. But um, we just no one ever watching him to suffer. Me. God, <laughs> <laughs> why do you hurt me in this way, Barnabas? <laughs> <laughs> every turn do you consistently hurt me <laughs> it's because like, it's cool and, uh let's let's talk about let's talk about the last i guess uh, how many how many episodes was that session two episodes two? likely uh, let's talk about the last two episodes like um how do you guys how do you guys feel like go, like do a little debrief for the last ones because i want to see if you guys enjoyed the gauntlet or not like you guys took a very different direction than most I'd say that most people took in the gauntlet. Most of the time, this is usually something I'd run for people who don't play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, and obviously you guys, you guys do. So you you took on like the puzzles and like especially like when when the Beholder showed up, you guys took him on very differently than anybody else I've ever seen uh, play through the gauntlet. <laughs> well, um, first off, I would like to say, at least for me, I enjoyed the gauntlet. What about you guys? Yeah, it's, um, it's actually not the first time. I've done it before. I've done it at Spike's house when I was over there. So uh, it, the thing about it is, I believe it's random encounters, like the stages that we hit. Yes, there's a, there's a few things that are that are consistent, but for the most part, like the traps you run into and like the monsters you encounter, stuff like that, are all randomly generated uh, using the Donjons website for for building those things. Oh. So it's never really the same, and it it's never really uh, well. I mean, like the the ending of it. It's definitely different. Everybody always has something different they want to do for the wish. The wish, but, yeah, yeah. But the uh, the getting to that point is is always different. I don't even know what it's going to be until it it comes up. Yeah. So it oh. it did feel different even playing it the second time. I'd say like the only time there's like one or two times when I'm like 
this was the same as the last time I did it. So I just kind of kept my mouth shut during those bits because, and I let you guys figure those those puzzles out. Mm. You know, like, uh, we'll, we'll get to it later, but like, you know, the face puzzles, you know, things that I knew there was one way of doing it. I was like, I'm going to let you guys figure it out first. But no, it's, it's really fun. I do like that dungeon because it's that gauntlet thing because it's, it's such a nice little short campaign where you get to have a little combat, a little puzzle solving, bit of, you know, role play with, with the world and kind of just get like almost like the whole vibe or at least like a brush up of every little aspect of D&D, essentially. Mm-hmm. I feel you. I liked it because I actually got to play a character. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, Barnabas usually is the DM for these games. Because everybody else is too lazy. To- Nuh-uh. <laughs> not, not too lazy. It's just that I'm some of us don't know how to. <laughs> and some of us, you know, start campaigns and then they die. Yeah. 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 That was cool. Like, Which like, is also my problem too. <laughs> but yeah, overall, it was actually it was all it was actually really fun. It did remind me a lot of the uh, precursor adventures that that three point five came out with that uh, you know five five point came out with with fourth edition came out. They they always come out with this tiny little uh, dungeon for people to run. That's just a very quick wham bam thing that's even playable sometimes by yourself. And it, it really reminded me of that because it was just you know very simplistic, no big. You know, no big to do, but still, an, a, you know, a small story where you can still have your characters interact in some way to it and then, um, you know, get to shine in some fashion, whether it be just straight up combat with a yuck, yuck, whatever it's called, or beef jerking the, the gelatinous cube. Beef jerky. Oh gosh, just oh god, like eating the king, <laughs> the dead king into the gelatinous cube. I was like, oh, because that's that was, um, I, I've, that never happened in the first time I played. No, I, I gotta say, <laughs> nothing like that happened. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> that was uh, you're the first one who ever desecrated that body, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else uh, normally like has a thing that they're going to examine him or do something. You were just kind of like neat, and then walk. <laughs> And then we <laughs> the door, didn't we? With that, um, it was Barney's character that was like, "I'll just flip a coin to choose what door." Fling! Oh, it's number oh, one. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because was- I was indecisive, and I was like, "Someone choose a door for me." Yeah, so you got the heads- right door. Uh, it's just uh, the king, like the ghost of the king, was the one who was actually supposed to let- tell you that, but you just guessed it. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, but like the other thing is. I, I, you, when you see a corpse, you think, "Don't fucking touch that thing," because it's probably trapped, or there's a ghost that's gonna eat who, you. Who thinks that? I do. What do you think? You guys, whenever okay, you see so, it, when you just see a corpse right. out there in the wild, yeah. I thought you were so supposed to poke it with a stick and yeah, you know, ride a Stephen King. Hold on, hold on. Let's back. Let's back it up a couple steps because we actually started ju- jumping into the dungeon itself without getting into the characters. Oh, geez. oh yes, oh. actually, yeah. What? God damn it, Matt. For one, <laughs> your character. <laughs> For two, <laughs> Barnabas. God damn it, Barnabas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's start with, uh, you know, let's get it out of the way. Matt. <laughs> so, uh, I man. wanted to, that's the thing, though. I wanted to try create the most weeaboo, like, samurai wannabe, but Jen had already chosen the fighter, and I was like, well, that's the only closest thing to a samurai I can think of. So I picked Rogue, but I, I originally specced into Strength, which is not what you want with the Rogue. And it would have just completely ruined my character. But instead, I ended up doing Dex. I named my character Jin. And at the very last second, I put Guy as the last name, just as Jen was about to take the name Guy. And he's like, oh man, you know, you, you took my name. And then they started saying, oh, Jin's going to get confusing because Jin, Jen, we might get confused yeah. for like the, both the audience of us. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. I'll just swap them around. They didn't notice. And then when I started to introduce myself, like, if you guys listen to the actual recording, I'm like, yeah, the name's Guy. Guy Jin. As people, as everyone realized what I was going for. Uh, the groans were just cacophonous. Disgust me. I, like, literally, when you had it as Jin Guy, I didn't put it together at all. I was like, Huh. Okay, that's that's cool. Those, I wanted the name Guy. For those who don't know, Gaijin's basically a Japanese. Jap, it's it's almost like a derogative word for foreigners in Japanese. So, like you know, if I want to go up to someone and say, "Oh, you're you're from somewhere else," it's usually Gaikakujin or whatever. But then you go Gaijin. That's more like, "Oh, you furner." 
What are you doing here? I believe I, I read it. I, I read it before doing this because I wanted to be sure. <laughs> I learned it from X-Men. Uh, X-Men? What? Uh, X-Men. <laughs> yeah. From uh, uh, the Silver Samurai in the X-Men cartoon back in the 90s. That's how I learned of Gaijin. Because Silver Samurai kept what, on wow. calling Wolverine. Da, 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 Gaijin. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> I, I am 100%, I that. That's 100% telling the truth. Go watch that shit. I used to it's watch actually all of that from the same talking. episode that people crop that meme of uh, Wolverine, you know, rubbing his finger across the picture. Oh, yes. really? Uh, I'm, that one, I, that one, I'm not 100 percent certain on, but I'm pretty sure. That's kind of you incredible, know, actually. The only episode of the X Men cartoon I actually know is the fucking Cable, like the time future time shit, where it's like um, one of the people from the future is just like comes out out of nowhere and just says for the future and then they shoots one of the fucking x-men what oh that was uh that's yeah. days of future past that was with uh where bishop shows up bishop yeah oh, future and then shoots it yeah, yeah because it, ha- it says for, he says for the future and then he it goes to commercial break and then it comes back for to him saying for the future again and then shoots the x-men <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, the gambit dude we should oh, do an x-men campaign God. We're all mutants. No, only if we'll I get to play Wolverine. System. I'll be a I'll be a weirdo <laughs> samurai. Wicked samurai poses. So, Jen, how about <laughs> you tell us about your character? Yeah, because <laughs> clearly we've heard enough about Matt's. Um, but I uh, okay. Look, let me just preface this with: I don't usually play this kind of character. <laughs> I usually go for the more, more wacky or more eccentric type. But uh, for this campaign in general, because I didn't have enough time to set up, um, I just chose to make a basic ass as you can get a uh, fucking adventurer man. That's why I said it. he's just brown hair, brown leather tunic from a village that of no consequence with people of unmentioned names and blah, blah, blah. And so I just played adventure dude. <laughs> Adventure dude. Standard adventurer. Well, I thought it sounded like that idea that you had before for the superhero, Average Joe, who yeah, drinks like his right. morning Joe and it like morning cup of coffee and it gives him powers or something. I yeah, thought you were just, playing on that. Just, yeah, he was just a normal man. <laughs> it's like everyone's got champions from across the line and you're like, hey, I'm just a normal dude. If I if I was a character in an anime, I would be the the background character. Yeah. Like no one would unnoticeable, un like not unnamed. <laughs> no one cares about. Oh, and you got and then you got blue haired Gaijin in the front. <laughs> you never discussed what your what the characters actually look like. You have no idea if he had blue hair or not. Yes, yeah, you know what? Matt never said what his character looked like. All we know is that he was incredibly sweaty. Yeah, he was greasy. He looked like he came out of someone's ba- out of his mother's basement. I believe he mentioned that he had long black hair. Um, Did he? Long, I think I had like a long, I think I had long hair because, you know, your boy's scared of barbers because, you know, they ain't Japanese <laughs> or whatever. They don't cut my hair with that Nippon steel. I was 5'8", 120 pounds. I was a very scrawny little greasy pimply sort of I, I just with a fine appreciation of japanese culture <laughs> oh, he's a great i character. can hear the disappointment <laughs> in you guys i love this oh, character the so more stupid. you talk about him the worse i feel about him surviving the gauntlet should i say the more you talk about like him how- the more i miss teratus <laughs> oh that was Taradis too. Mm-hmm, My mm-hmm. first ever D&D character, Taradis, who everyone had like an artist to create the art. I had creeps and he didn't draw a face. He kind of tried to shade it, with, but with skin color. And it, it, when you had like the little token, it just looked like a thumb. So I just had no face. Non-descriptive. Yeah, it looked like an egg with a blue wrap on top of it. Dude, I had no idea what I was doing in that campaign because that was like my first D&D thing. I wanted a wizard, but I also wanted to make it like materia. So I had a sword and I wanted to pretend to put materia in it, like Final Fantasy VII. And I ended up specking so high in decks as a wizard. And I didn't pick a, I didn't pick spells for the usefulness. Every time I leveled up and got a new spell, I was like, oh, cool, fire. Oh, wicked. This one's ice. So I had no theme in terms of spell synergy or whatever. It was was a terrible character, (laughs) but I loved it. 
He, so he had, no, like, the thing is that, like, the way you played him, though, like, when you were playing Teratus, it may not have had, like, a specific theme, but not having a theme became your theme. Like, it was just like, oh, yeah, yeah like, I just got these different things because I thought they looked cool. But, it, I mean, like, towards the end of the campaign, you were very much kind of playing all of these random things together so that they worked. <laughs> you dropped yeah, Stampy with a spell that I have never seen anybody use. <laughs> the portal, the portal thing. Yeah, everybody listening. Yeah. We defeated the last boss. I say we. I really mean that Matt defeated the last boss by dropping an elephant on him. I had, I had like this little wooden elephant figure. And if I said, is it Stampy? Was that his name? Was yes. His name? Oh. We named him Stampy. Was it Sta- like the Simpsons? Stampy? I'm sure no, it wasn't it was Stampy. Tantrum. Tan- Tantrum. Tantrum. No, it was. T- that's right. It tantrum. was Tantrum. If I say Tantrum, it turned into an elephant. No, I had these these gates that I could open. Essentially, I use them like portals from the game Portal. And I'd just open them and then open them 30 feet away, I think, or 10 feet away. And I just chucked it through and just tension onto the, the main dude. But I used them in so many other ways, too, because I had spells that could knock back one or two spaces. Oh, my God. So yeah, that was such a brilliant I, fucking move when you did that. Yeah, it wasn't my main attack. I think it was like a, a side action, like a bonus action or whatever. We played fourth edition for that one. So I'd put it next to the enemy, put it on the big cliff, like in the middle of the cliff, and just go, do my knockback attack, and just one-shot some of these enemies. Yeah. And for the record, that wasn't the last boss. That was the like third to last boss. Um, oh, well, yeah. I, it no, was the last boss was your hand. Remember? No, I don't. My the hand. last boss was uh, your best friend Teruvial. Some- your hand and yeah. uh, oh somebody yeah, that's right. I can't remember who the other vi- who the other villain was that was uh, that was also there. Was it uh, Valentine Wolf? No, he was not no, in there. No, he was he was already dead. To give to give you guys an idea, so I, I in the last this is getting way off topic at this point. We're talking about the last campaign, but yeah. the last campaign was uh, I I played essentially uh, Ash Williams from Evil Dead, and I attempted to sell out all of my friends uh, for to be able to return to the future where I was from, or I I think yeah I officially I was from there, but uh, I did I it didn't quite work out the way I had planned. Tried to sell them out and ended up my hand got infected. They cut it off. And uh, it eventually became sentient and evil in its own right. Yeah. And for those of you guys that know D&D, it became a worm that walks. And if you don't know D&D, look yeah, that it up. Was like, it was like Tomo of the Many Faces or something like that, right? Never mind. The Helm of Many... No, no, no. You're like the official name of your, your evil hand self. Oh, God. I don't no. remember. It was some, Yeah, it was something along those lines, but I can't quite remember. Uh, but let's, let's go ahead and... Jump back into this. Put that on... Put that on hold. We'll come back to that maybe some back other time if people are interested. It. But, uh, hey, Barnabas, what the fuck did you yeah. say? <laughs> what were you? <laughs> what was that character? I have no... I feel very attacked right now. Jesus. <laughs> You're a worse guy. We didn't talk to each other before playing the characters. So our, introdu- our introductions in that session was literally our characters for... like. In real life, our first introductions to each other's characters, mm-hmm. and I, I, I just I had no idea what Bonnie was going to play. <laughs> so because all we all we knew for sure was what class we were playing. Yes, like I knew you were a fighter. I knew that Matt was teetering towards rogue, and then I picked Bard, College of Whispers Bard. Mm-hmm. Um, so my character is a character that I've made before for other like RP stuff, but he, he's always been like a like an NPC or kind of, or there's some, you know, form of him somewhere as a uh, NPC for people. And I'd always wanted to actually play him. Um, <laughs> and essentially, uh, I mean, you can go to the dungeon, to the actual uh, podcast and listen to it. And I introduce the way that he looks and it's essentially like a cross between if uh, a fashion mogul and um, a mobster got together that birthed some, creepy well moisturized goblin with elton john's aesthetic uh god that creates such a weird image man. <laughs> i know doesn't it rainbow fur coat and rainbow, like a furred uh giant fur collar and he's got elton john glasses and uh, like i described that he sounds like truman capote and god damn it i cannot sound like truman capote <laughs> for the life of me if you don't know who truman capote is uh go google him he's a uh Famous, uh, famous author Philip Seymour Hoffman did a movie of him. Um, what an Oscar! Yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Uh, if you watch the Clone Wars movie, the um, one with uh, the, the, the CGI one, the Zero the Hut, you know, it was like uh, they, they came into George Lucas and say, hey, we got this cool hut. He's this uh, he's this crime lord. He's got this cool aesthetic. He's going to be the villain for this thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like it. And George Lucas said, make him sound like Truman Capote. <laughs> what? It's like uh, actually- imagine like yeah, it's pretty much what I, I went down. Um, oh dear, I must be coming down with the vapors. Oh, Dill from American Dad. There you go. Dill from American Dad. Dill. Or any any Southern dandy. That's really what I was trying to go for. But I kind of lost the character yeah. and just went more for just uh, mincing queen. <laughs> and uh you what? know he's just I, I always have to be because i'm always the dm i always have to play these super serious characters and because of the fact that it wasn't like a, a long uh running campaign i wasn't going to have the chance to make a, a serious character with a very serious backstory like i did for uh spike's old campaign which was you know the warlock who used to be was trying to become a wizard but couldn't be he just didn't have the knack for it and gave up his wizardry so he can for some book necronomicon like book and made a pact with the elder god and killed his uh you know killed his brothers and his father to, to seal it and he was going around trying to set, uh spread the word of um al hadrat oh yeah i remember that one like, i mean yeah. to be fair though it's it's nice because i always see you play like really serious characters barney like i mean you have a couple serious like silly characters here and there but like for the most part you never play any character that's or I, at least I haven't seen you play a character that's like 100% comedic. It is la- this is like the first time. Yeah, this is the first time I've seen you like, okay, I'm going to play a character that is just a full comedic character. Same, actually. It was it was nice. It was uh, it was fun. I, I mean, my other option was Meat Wizard. Excuse me? Meat Wizard? <laughs> what? That's what Creeps kept on meat. calling his brawler from uh, the other campaign. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, I had a perfect, also- perfect chance to play Grandmaster Yap and his peanut butter spell. Oh, I miss Grandmaster Yap, too. What? Another character from the yeah. previous campaign? Uh, Cobalt. Who oh. Was some shoot, uh, peanut butter. God. It's a cantrip. I remember that one. It's a god, <laughs> Grandmaster. Yep. I would have let you do it, too. Yeah. Like, whatever kind of peanut butter spell you want. Take, do it. That's how we, and that's how we got the Galanus cube out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's, there's one of those things. I'm not too hard on the rules. I don't, I don't really like being super hard on the rules. If you, if you enjoy, like, oh, yeah, I want to be able to try to do this, then, like, let's fucking rock and roll dude let's go i always figured like being super hard on the rules would be takes a lot of the fun out of the game like it's a very imagination driven game and if you you should be rewarded for having an imaginative character and an imaginative idea within that realm more than it would be that if you gotta stick to you gotta stick to the book book says you don't know how to do that you don't know how to do that you'll never know how to do that until you follow the one thing that in this book that tells you how to do it (laughs) It's like the first pay, or like the first sentence of the D and D rulebook is like play how you want. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. That I did, and that's where I like the cipher. Yeah, that's what I was trying to tell. I like how there's like, like no, wrong, no wrong answer rogue. except for my one. Yeah, no one likes my one. No, I was I I said you should do it, but you were too cowardly to go with it. Go with what? <laughs> we'll go with the strength uh, rogue. Oh no, I'm not on about the strength rogue. I'm on about the the weeaboo. Oh, oh yeah, that no, was wrong. Yeah, that was wrong. <laughs> That was wrong. <laughs> that was wrong of you. Would you know that right now? There's no wrong answers except for the answer that you came up with. Look, if this wasn't a one shot, I would definitely not play with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll try and make a more likable person next time. I was gonna say you. That's like almost the same character you played when you played last time when you were my when you're in my place, Matt. Like you were I, over here, except you were a monk. I was last an incel. Last what, time, what were you oh, this God. time? <laughs> I was a weeaboo. Uh huh. It. I. I. I they are. Yeah. My my body pillow is waiting for me at home. My two D waifus. Were you about to say they are mutually exclusive? Yeah, we 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 bounce around. You know. <laughs> I was gonna say that they are two separate things. And to be fair, you know, despite the shit that we give Matt about it, he actually did a really good job playing that character. Which would be amazing if it wasn't just him. Wait, <laughs> that's what Creep said too. Creep's, I told him about the character, and he was like, "You know, with the thing with D and D is you can you can create any character you want. You can be anything you want. So why would you be yourself?" And I oh, honestly feel personally attacked. Weird that a lot of people came to the same decision. I ain't no weirdo. 
My favorite bit was like, you, so I only, I exhausted probably 90% of what little Japanese words I've picked up throughout my life. But my favorite thing was trying to pronounce them in the most gaijin way. <laughs> in the most the like, word gaijin what like hashi serious... word? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, dude. Gaijin. It. It's like, it's like <laughs> Bender trying to <laughs> pronounce Spanish. <laughs> oh, have you ever heard that, uh, seen that one video of that guy who speaks fluent Spanish, but in a hillbilly accent? No, what? Oh, no. Someone sent to me, it's so funny. But like, it's essentially like in the same vein as when I'm like, Konichiwa, Watashi wa Matthew Des, or Gaijin Des. <laughs> it's just butchering the crap out of the language. But I like the, the joke too, that it's like, oh yeah, I'm learning it from Rosetta Stone. That's why it's so bad. <laughs> like that's a, that's a bit of lore. It's a bit of lore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lore. lore. Dude, my character runs deep. You know what's the, what the good thing about my character though was in terms of like quotation marks law <laughs> is like there's so much memes about weaves that I could just pick apart any funny little meme about it and just make it my backstory. Yeah, I'm learning Japanese on Rosetta Stone. God, it it just it it hurts me like to a certain degree. I w- so like what you're saying is you've actually perfected out this whole region that he's from to the point where you know what all the other every other person when I was talking about like oh yeah there's people in the stands cheering you on and things like that you're like i knew every single person in those stands no my guy doesn't leave the basement much they could <laughs> never talk to one of them, any one of them yeah i mean we, i might talk to them on like skype or discord and we watch anime on rabbit but i've never met them in real he, life pretending to be someone else <laughs> yeah conversation this is this is the this is the episode of the podcast that just kills me right now i want you to know that i, I came to this <laughs> podcast with like a headache and i'm leaving this podcast with a headache so with uh all that said for the very first fight how come the uh weeaboo didn't have a oh my god it's an oni i know exactly how to deal with this okay Okay, you guys didn't didn't know know the word oni i forgot about that one (laughs) how did you know it was an oni demon right how did you know it was an oni barnabas you used the image for an oni how do you, okay, look. How do you know exactly what an image for an Oni looks like? What kind of campaigns have you been playing? Because I own the monster manual. And, you and I flip through it to try and figure out what kind of shit to throw at you people sometimes. I think we actually fought an Oni last, in the last I campaign. I think so, actually. Too. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was our evil campaign that went, went on. Yeah. Me. Oh, I see. Uh, team Red while you guys were Team Blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell you what was fun. Because, like, every time mm. I've played this game... I've only played it once IRL and it was the gauntlet at Spike's house. The only other times is online and we always used um, uh, Roll20 using all the squares, you know, measuring things out on table. But this is the first time that I did Theatre of the Mind fully, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like we always use like descriptive stuff, but we've always used like measurements for the attacks. But this time I just kind of stopped looking at the screen for a lot of it. I mean, like while yeah. recording it, we had one square with three characters and we'd just put an enemy in the middle to have give us a visual cue, but we never relied on it. And that was that was really interesting in terms of like the role play of the game. I thought it was, it really yeah. helped with kind of visualizing it more in my head. Yeah. So it's also an experience for me. I never did Theory of the Mind ever. Like I've only done the on Roll Twenty and Map Tools back in well, the day. Like when we were playing um what was it? We were playing uh that one the the drag the giants game that we played before. Uh, Storm, yeah, Storm King's Thunder. Like you guys did do quite a bit of that when we were doing that one because, um, yep. Like a lot of the times there were things like the giants are just attacking the front gates, and there's not really a way of displaying this because they're so big, you're so small. But um, you guys did a lot of theater of the mind for that one because you would still need to run up to the dragon, up to the giants and stuff, and like you would be climbing, like you as a skeleton were like climbing up beards and things like that, trying to reach uh, where yeah, their their heads are to actually deal the most amount of damage. Oh man, I missed that skill. Like the whole, uh, like, like the, the, what was it? The Apple Festival or whatever it was. And then being down in the, down oh, yeah. in the dark and trying to move people around and free the slaves. All that was theater of the mind. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I'm trying right. to do too and move away from using just maps in general, which is kind of hard at the same time because you have 
when you have roll 20 and you're able to do all this cool stuff with lighting and cool stuff with visuals, you're like, Oh, but I can have it on there and you guys can see it and have this cool, you know, feeling, but you know, eventually you just hate yourself after a while because you have to sit there and set it all up and you're like, fuck this. I'm just going to pay. I'm just going to spend a whole bunch of money and buy the maps myself. And then you just say, fuck it. I'm just throwing out a handout. And that's actually what happened uh, (laughs) this past Saturday for the D and D game that, that I run then the Ravenloft game. That entire entire thing was all theater of the mind for that for that three four hour game. Really? Yeah, there was no oh. combat. It was all just RP 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 and a lot of investigation and insight rolls. That's cool. So, I'll tell you what, I'm curious about because say for me, it was easy to kind of visually go along with the campaign and and go through it because like I'm actively playing it. I'm curious, like, if you're listening to this and you listen to the previous one, the actual D&D campaign, if you are able to follow along in your head using our descriptions, you know, how we described what we're doing and, and our attacks and stuff. I'm, I'm curious, like, if everyone else felt they could actually see it in their head. So oh, that one's something I'll be curious about this to check comments. Com- yeah, this is a comment. Leave yeah. a comment down below. If you, were in, if you enjoyed that Dungeons & Dragons adventure and if the descriptions were enough to give you that, that theater of the mind experience, like you were right there in the room rolling the dice or in the room where murders were taking place or where people were feeding dead kings like beef jerky to larger things. Or if you were in the room standing feet away from a man just constantly sweating. Oh yeah! If you, or could, if you could just getting smell. constantly sexually uh, approached by a very, very fashionable goblin. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> that brings me to my next point. Is like I really liked our character, our character interactions. It's like I, I felt like me and um, Gaijin got pretty, got along pretty well, and I felt like uh, our interactions with uh, Barnabas's little man went pretty well too. They were humorous, to say the least. Yeah, I think... Especially when he ejectified John Strong. (laughs) Okay, first the chest. Now for the box. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Um, That was fun. Tell you what, so I tried to sneak in, because there's something I really love in terms of narrative design, and that's character development. I, I absolutely love, like, a maturing character or whatever. I, I didn't really, you know, you don't get to do that in a two and a half hour or two hour campaign or whatever, but I did manage to have that thing, that little moment when I got the master katana. It's very early on and I just matured up as a character and I tried to like play it differently from when I started to from there on. I'm not sure if that like came across or if that was just oh, yeah. weird, but yeah, it's like the were... most sudden character development, but I just love that in terms of uh, of, of character develop, uh, create you know, creating the character that you want to play. So I don't know. That's a, that's yeah. a little fun thing to sneak in. Yeah, because you you started off as like a like a hyper super dork ass dork, and then you came a more chill super dork a little dork. toned down <laughs> dork ass dork. Yeah, well, it's, it's almost like but it's cool. To you tried to play it cool, like it's cool. To yeah, action, you tried to play like it cool. Mature moment where it's like this is serious. I've got a master katana. But did you Just think like that I was going to end up giving you the katana like? later in the game is that what you're thinking like uh you know you're gonna get it so i thought but you're not gonna get it till much later yeah i totally yeah i thought we were gonna start with our shit ass weapons and then keep them that would have been bad because i broke my sword on the first dude (laughs) (laughs) i rolled really high on my performance on my naruto hand signs and touching the sword to pretend i imbued it and then I hit it, and I think I rolled a one and just completely dented the crap out of this, the rapier, wasn't it? It just kind of yeah, bent. It, it bent yeah. in the, the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was great. What was it? Okay, here's something I'm curious about. Sorry. Um, you know when we're going down the, hall, the stairs, and there's a long hallway and a drop, like a hole? Yeah. yeah. What's down what was, the hallway? What was on the left? Uh, there was two. Okay, so the... Technically, there was a fork in the in the road there. So there was a whole set of rooms you could have gone through uh, that was completely different from the one that you went to if you had continued straight. Uh, but at no point would you have been able to go back from that fork. It just kind of determined which dungeon you were going to do. There was another dungeon, oh. essentially. Like, there was another set of rooms you could have gone through. But you, wow. you just took the other... You took the road that... Yeah, you just took a different road. I want to say, like, you took a road that was easier or harder, but I don't think there's really a difference in those. You just took a different road. Let me ask something. Well, did you, like, uh, are these, like, set, like, random paths, or are they, like, as we approach a room, you roll for it, and then you choose it? These are set random paths. So as soon as we got started, okay. um, 
As soon as we get started, there was a, I basically did a gen, generate full dungeon, and then um, it gives me all the information about the dungeon then. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. So. I say, it's like, man. You put it from room to room, like, oh boy, that'd be a wild ass time. <laughs> Let me say, which, which one was longer? Uh, I actually think you guys might have taken the longer path. Yeah. Damn it. I'm, you mean I could have gone to bed earlier? You could have gone to bed earlier. Yeah. I think you don't just prov- you don't put a, a hole in front of a man and expect them not to look There's at it. There's a few. <laughs> wow. He needed to tame that <laughs> hole. There was a few uh, things that are always the same, though. So the the only thing I changed was at the end you guys were going to fight a beholder, um, but normally you would be fighting a young red dragon. Um, the gelatinous cube is always the same. And the overall plot about the king is always the same. I don't think you guys even under really uncovered anything about the plot about the king. You guys just kind of like, you knew that something was fishy going on, but you didn't quite figure out what it was. But then again, at that point, like, I didn't think you guys really cared about what it was. It was like, yeah, shit, that was, looks like shit's happening with the old guy, but we're going to get that wish. Like, I'll just get to the end. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Out of my way, plot. <laughs> Out of my way, plot. I need to make a name for myself. I'm looking at the characters, like I'm thinking back, and out of all three of us, I don't think none of us were the kind of investigation type. Yeah. No. I, so, I mean, it's not really that big of a deal, honestly. Like, you guys got a, you guys still had the adventure that you wanted to have, and you still came out with an outcome. Like, I, I heard Barney's character you know, say, like, there's something fishy, obviously, going on. So, this is for the best if we just make this our wish. Uh, so, I mean, like, yeah. you guys still took the good path, I suppose, at, at the end. <laughs> But you know, uh, I got time to figure out your convoluted ass story. Look, convoluted ass story. You found the dead body. You got clues. You literally didn't investigate either one. You fed one <laughs> to another creature. <laughs> then you got another clue that nobody cared to investigate because there was treasure at the end of the room. Wait, was there something in the final room? There was something in the gelatinous cube room. Oh, the cube room. There it was. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you said there was a thing in it, and I was like... There, yeah, there were like bodies that, that were covered in armor. It. There was a ghost that was in there also. You guys didn't do anything with that. Oh, but we put, yeah, we put them we together. Them. We made them We made them whole again. The papa and the, the, papa and the cradle and the silver spoon. They, they all got back together. It's all cool. Little boy blue and the man yeah. in the moon. I know. Spike. So yeah. I could have killed that gelatinous cube, right? Yes, if you I just guys kept could have killed the gelatinous cube. See, you, see I knew I should have just killed it. I was just about to ask, like, what was the, so we kind of launched the dead body of the king to, as bait, so we could get past the cube. What's like kind of the official way, quotation marks, of getting past it? Is it fighting it? Or is there like. There isn't really an official way. There's, there's a lot of different ways you could deal with it. It's just dealing however you wanted to. Normally, like, if you used a, if you guys had done anything dealing with like the torches around the room or, or things like that. It will usually it will pull away from like fire. Mm. Um, so if you had like a lit torch or any kind of fire spell, it would start to pull back from wherever it is and, and make make a hole. Um, but because like you guys are obviously not like of level to really kind of fuck with something like that, like you could because it it wouldn't do anything except for try to close in on the wall on you um, and 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 like basically just fully consume you like that or it'll start trying to suck you in if you guys get close enough to touch it but it, it wouldn't really like aggressively chase you yeah or at least not this particular one because in case you guys didn't realize this, like everything inside of the gauntlet is always illusion like it's all things that can still hurt you but it's nothing like they're not the actual creatures that you would see in dungeons and dragons these are all they illusionary things yeah that are that are created by the 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 aether that comes out of the 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 magic that, that came out of the the original uh, meteorite so oh, that's why they would all disappear. That's why they would disappear, right? And that's also why things would appear that don't necessarily even make sense, like the red dragon, the beholder, things like that that are just threatening. Say what? The Yoklo. Or was it a roper? The roper, yes. Oh, the uh, roper. Yeah, roper. The roper. It, I saw that and I thought we were going to die because ropers are really fucked up. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like, it's even still, like, I think the only difference is that, like, the roper didn't take multiple, multiple attacks at you like he should have. I think he sh- he yeah. would have been able to get three action attacks towards you guys. Um, yeah, because he can grab us and bite us twice for fucking advantage, and he can just fucking decimate yeah. us. Uh, yeah, those yeah, are the yeah, only yeah, real yeah. things that it was. But like the gauntlet itself is just it, it makes these things to it makes these things to basically deter anyone from traveling further in. And like the whole thing with the king that was super fucky about it was that 
um, he, his, his brother, uh, who was like the good one, uh, and him had descended long ago uh, into the crater to seek the same power that their father had. So he um, murdered his brother and just uh, wished for command of the entire world. So he was made king. Um, that's literally like how it, how it had become. And the more that you guys had like talked to like his brother or talked to the body of the king or anything like that, since they are the ghost of the king, if there's anything like that, you would have found that really they're all trapped down there because of the, uh, because it was the magic of that place that had, had forced them there basically to put him into power. But it doesn't really matter that much because eh, <laughs> you guys still ended up getting the exact same result having known that anyway. None of us were smart. Oh, don't, don't, don't tell yourself, sure. You're, you're, you're plenty smart. No, none of us were smart. None of us wanted to investigate. And you put me in the front, so I didn't... I was just cautious as fuck, and I was like, you you put put your hands in that thing over there. <laughs> you put your hands in that. You put your hands in oh, the thing. Put your hands in your mouth. With the, in the mouth. In the in our faces. My greasy stone face. <laughs> it was so funny. No, actually, that was the only room that I remembered from the last time I played, so... I knew to reach into my own mouth, but I didn't want to. I kind of took a step back in terms of like role play, and I let you guys figure that out first by, you know, prompting me to do it and using anime mm. to twist my arm into stick my arm into a random mouth. Oh my god! That, that, that fucking reaction from Barnabas, though. Like, I uh, throw the gem. All right, it, <laughs> it explodes into a thousand pieces when it hits the ground. <gasps> <laughs> the whole yeah, the mean girls and the tiara. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the money's uh. gone. <laughs> yeah. So uh let's talk about the uh beholder in the room. The beholder How the, the fuck room? did that work? What do you mean? <laughs> Challenging the beholder to a staring contest. Uh, I don't understand. What 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 were you planning on having him do? Oh, he was literally just going to start casting stuff on you. Like, while you were trying to stare at him, his other eyes were going to cast on you, but you just kept rolling so good and convincing him that I was like, all right, let's just fucking make this happen. Also, we're running out of time, so might as well. Let's <laughs> let's see how this goes. Uh, I got to use that one ability that I thought I was not going to be able to use at all because it requires a minute. And I was yeah. like, how yeah. long has this been going? Oh, about a minute or two. Perfect. That's all I needed. Oh, is that <laughs> why you did? Yeah, what was that ability? So College of Whispers has an ability that you can instill fear into somebody and make them frightened if you talk to them for at least a minute and uh they have to you know make that make that saving throw but the whole thing is like it's one of those uh you know, you're talking to them and you're kind of like backhandedly complimenting them or giving them insultments and stuff like that or just really praising them up and making them paranoid that something really bad is going to happen soon because you're praising them so much yeah it's like in real life it's like in real life exactly so what no it, for those of you that, that uh the no galingo what he was doing was that he was reading him he was slowly chipping away at his self-esteem until all he this knew is, was just a never-ending sense of dread how is it this is galingo what you said yeah you got the times Come on, man the times go watch rupaul's drag race or something that'll teach you uh you normies <laughs> Dormies, jesus what you gaijin what <laughs> you gaijins yeah. um but no that was like reading shade that kind of stuff though they didn't do nearly enough shade as i should have let me just say i love that fucking scene where you, you, where you did that staring contest because like, I, I, lo I love solving things without the actual confrontation it's yeah it's interesting because like, like dnd has that almost stigma of just being a hack and slash sometimes but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sometimes it's funny to talk your way out of situations yeah. I don't think it's like funny. It's just, I mean, that feels more appropriate sometimes uh, yeah. to, to talk your way out of a situation than it's like, than to just hack and slash your way through. I mean, because definitely like hack and slashing your way through some games is totally like a possible thing. I mean, like it's, it's a viable solution. It would work. Nothing's going to oppose you if there's nothing alive to oppose you, you know? But like also, it's just. It feels better for the characters that you're playing to not always want to do that. Like just like in a, and if you're role playing a real person or a real scenario, your first answer is not always to like, well, I'll just cut their heads off. What's that? I'll just uh, I have to uh, ask a girl out on a date. All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll just do so. Uh, and if it doesn't work, then I will just murder every guard in town. <laughs> That's not usually the uh, the correct answer, but it is an answer. We aren't murder hobos in real life. Well, some people are, you, but... You can no, think. Just speak for yourself, gents. 
Oh, look at me. I own a bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Catch us on the next Dungeon Runners podcast, which will be entirely in virtual reality. Hey, um, let me ask a, a very important question. Yeah. So what, 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 what's next for our Dungeons and Dragons campaign? I mean, what, I mean, is this the last that we see of Gaijin? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm right what? here, so. Uh. I mean, what, what would you guys want to do? Maybe, I don't know, another one shot sometime? Yeah, Barnabas has got to do this one. Barnabas wants to DM? Different DMs. Man, that's great. Thanks for volunteering. Barnabas has never I, was DM'd vol- I believe I was voluntold at one point. <laughs> are, we, are we doing the X Men campaign? Oh man! Can like, I play well, the samurai oh, that calls everyone Gaijin? I gotta play Wolverine. No. I'm right. gonna play Wolverine. Oh, dude, it's a good thing there's like four of them. <laughs> yeah, like his daughter, and then like the future version of him, yeah. and like that evil. Almost one. like he's a garbage ass character. You guys, like he's not really good. You guys should play the same character. Is that is so that? So you like split you literally just him. reiterated the same joke we were making. <laughs> No, no, no! I'm just saying, not not like two Wolverines. I'm talking about like there's one Wolverine, but he's got like this. He's got two personalities inhabiting him. And that's you two. But you got to try like figure out who who gets to move him and who gets to attack with what. Okay, so there was this one thing. This might ruin like what, one of these campaigns. I've always wanted to do this. Like have a one-off campaign where uh, you get to play as the Power Rangers. Oh, oh that, yeah, yeah, that's right. You even have that. You even have those. Characters. Yeah, I have the character sheets for for Power Rangers. Uh, and it actually has like rules for Zords, uh, and Yo. how you form a uh, a Megazord. If you form the Megazord, however, you don't. I think you guys have like a specific time limit to make a deliberation about your move. If you don't make it within that time limit, then the Zord, the Megazord, will malfunction and not move for that round. So it's about teamwork. Yeah, you actually have to. Teamwork. Doesn't that happen in the show? Like when they start falling out, like they can't fuse together yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Hey, what level do you have to be to have a Zord? Uh, I think you actually have to be level 10. It would be a very high-level campaign. That's a fucking, yeah, a high-level fucking one-shot? I don't know. (laughs) Well, sometimes a high-level one-shot is always fun, but high-level one-shot... You have to learn, like, everything about that class. Yeah, that's true, and really figure out how to work things. That's really good for, you know, what's some calls? What I would like to do, actually, and since you voluntold me into doing something... We can do a one-shot adventure utilizing the Cypher system. I don't know what that is. I would absolutely love to, because I would like to learn how to play that system, and um, the only way to actually learn it is to play yes. it. Yes, yes it is. What is the Cypher system, Barnabas? So, the Cypher system is a system that if you listen to the previous Dungeon Rider podcast that I was on that did not involve me playing a effeminate, uh, fame-hungry goblin, is uh, I, I spoke about. I don't remember what exact what episode number that was, but uh, I talked about it ad nauseum on it. And if you paid attention to Five, anything I that I ever said, Spike, you would know. Not especially. Okay. So uh, the cyber system is a very simple system by uh, Monty Cook, and it is essentially just a D- roll a d20. You, you, the players, roll d20s, and I set a dc for everything. Something attacks you, it, you you're rolling the defense. Something uh, You, you want to attack something, you're rolling the attack. You want to, you know, you want to uh, do a skill, you, you roll a skill. And all you're doing is just making my, the DC, the, the DC that I set easier. And that's it. Everything is all descriptive. So none of it, you know, I want to, if you want to be Gaijin and wield a, a katana from the, from the get go, that's fine. You're wielding a katana. Depending on what you, depending on uh, how big it is, that's, it, it deals flat damage. Mm-hmm. You want to be, you know, Wolverine and have a, have claws in your hands. That's awesome. Knock yourself out. It still does the same amount of damage that his katana might do. You're not special. Everything that's special about you, it's just as special as everybody else. Oh. Uh, the other thing too is that the game is set up so that you're supposed to be connected. The, you can't just be a murder hobo. You actually do have to work together. So it's, it literally is built against murder hobodom? It is literally built against murder hobodom. Hmm. So we're the Wildcats, and we're all in this together. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I could easily throw to, throw something together and um, ma- and make that happen. No less. When are we gonna discuss the? Uh, when are we finally gonna like do our episode about uh, about High School Musical, dude? That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for our Dungeon Runner episode where we all get to discuss High School Musical finally. Good night, everybody. <laughs>
That was it. That's the one pushed the yeah. Barney over the edge. Oh, yeah? The Guy high school Jean, musical perfectly D&D fine. campaign. High school musical? All of a sudden, <laughs> I'm the bad guy. Tune in next time for us being in VR chat, talking about high school musical yeah. while doing a D&D campaign. I'll, I'll, I'll not even. Like, don't even. I, I will put to, I'll put together the goddamn high school gym. We'll, we'll be in, we'll be in, in, God, what high school are they in? We'll be in the high, we'll be in the musical high school discussing high school music. I'll, I'll do that. Don't fucking tempt me. I won't. Good. <laughs> I am very uncomfortable right now. Uh, anyway, anyways, guys, um, you know what? What's your final thoughts on the Gauntlet and D&D in general? I really hate Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm glad that it's dead. Yeah, it's, it's okay. I thought the Gauntlet was fun. It was an enjoyable romp to be able to play games with my friends again and uh, not have to be the DM and set it up. Uh, I think that the entire concept of Dungeons and Dragons and other RPGs in general are a fun way for people to let go and have fun and just be somebody else for, for a little while and create stories along with their friends and have interactions and, you know, have sex with a dragon. Hell yeah. Yeah. Do like donkey. What was, that one, what was that one thing that you, you found one campaign, uh, not campaign, you found one system before. And I, I hate to like, this was really final thought, final, final thoughts, but I, I just really want to bring this up. You found one system before. Remember this Barnabas? It was, um, it was literally like all like a, it was like a hentai system. Fatal. Is it called fatal? Fatalis? I, wait, which, I don't which, know. Which, you know which, what I'm talking about. Don't act like you don't. Describe like, it again. It, it was basically like a hentai system. It was, oh, like, it was like a system uh, all about like well, pwn. There was the 3.0 book that came out for Dungeons and Dragons that was called the uh, Book of Erotic Fantasy, I believe. And it had uh, the whore class in it and rules for all kinds oh of sex. God. And that's what led to um, Wizards really putting put some, uh, some rules in place for what you could publish with the D20 system. Whoa, really? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know there was actually like full on rules. Like you cannot publish a thing about boob. I think there was more. I think there just came about with more. Uh, they were just a bit more stringent on what you what you could and couldn't do. I think. I don't know what the full setup is, but um, pretty sure somebody in the comments can can do the research. Um, yeah. I'm not going to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're interested in Dungeons and Dragons and you want to uh, suggest other campaigns, or you've seen any good one shot campaigns you'd like to see us play, please let us know. Jen, tell everybody about the, how you can reach the Dungeon Runners in the Dungeon Runners podcast. You can email us at Dungeon Runners with an S podcast at gmail.com. That's Dungeon Runners podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud. 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 Hell yeah. SoundCloud. SoundCloud and Spotify and iTunes and Google Play. Thanks for watching the Dungeon Runners podcast and. Let us know if you want to hear more about our previous campaigns, because we've had a bunch of them. <laughs> so many stories. All right, bye. Bye, guys. Goodbye, bye. everybody. <laughs> Goodbye.